Hi, and welcome to Rich in Relationship. And I am now talking to my brand new internet friend, Hope Mirrorless, who is with a perfect union. She's a wedding officiant. How are you today, Hope? I'm doing great. How are you, Rich? I'm so thrilled to be here with you, as I told you before we actually started. It's it's like uh, this pandemic phase two thing in some ways reminds me of phase one. <laughs> but I am seeing a lot more people in real life. That's the good news. Yeah. And let's hope we let's hope we stay that way. Oh, yeah. I, well, it's looking good. So the question I ask everyone on the front end is, Hope, how did your I love that you have that your name is Hope and that you're a wedding officiant. How did your name lead you to do this? Now, how did you how does your heart lead you to do this work? It was actually a friend of mine who asked me to officiate her wedding. And I said no. And then I realized that it wasn't about me and I needed to kind of let whatever sensor in me go and just be there for her. And then once I performed that one ceremony on the shores of uh, Sausalito, California, um, I said, wow, like, what was that? And it was something that was like started to, you know, really tug at my heart a bit. And then it took me about two years to step into what truly is my calling. So tell me more about that heart tug. I want to know more about that. That sounds special. Well, it was just, it was, you know, I, I didn't know. I didn't, you know, it was, it was kind of this unknown thing just saying like, hey, what was that? And like, my friends were hilarious because they're like, you know, we knew you were going to be good at this, even though you said no. But um, we're so glad you said yes. And you were so much better at it than we thought you would be. And so, how much better at it were you than you thought you'd be? You know, I don't know if I thought, necessarily thought about it in that particular way. It was more of like, wow, that was really magical. I'm so glad for them, yeah. but also for me too. So, you know, what does that mean? And how does that, like, and, and then what do I do with it? Yeah. So, I mean, that, that was kind of my journey over the next, you know, over the next two years, one, to figure out what, you know, the officiating practice looked like. Mm -hmm. Um, and then unfortunately that first couple had issues in the relationship that I didn't know about until the day of their wedding. Uh, and I realized if I wanna continue working in this way that I wanna be a better advocate and a better guide for my couple. So I then created a premarital counseling workshop or a premarital counseling uh, practice. I think that's so important today too, you know, because as a society, we've kind of made this big shift from really being guided by spiritual groups or religious groups or whatever you want to call them, depending on your slant on things. And back in the day, you know, everybody used to go to their church or their synagogue or whatever their religious group was for premarital counseling of some kind. And there would be a conversation about what is it you're creating? And, uh, you know, somehow in the whole separating church and state and uh, you know, removing religion from our schools and all that stuff that was kind of important in order to maintain religious freedom for everyone, not just whatever religion happened to be showing up that day, we lost that thread. Yeah, yeah, right. we also lost the, uh, like it being okay to have that guidance or to ask for assistance. I think especially with something like pre-Cana, if you are Catholic, 
that, you know, it's, it's a given. It's like, it's just something you do. So early on in my practice, there was definitely a stigma about it. And still even today, because sometimes couples come to me and one really, like one of the pair really wants to do it. And the other's like, wait, why do you want to do it? What do you think is wrong with our relationship? And it's like, oh, no, 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 no. I mean, something may be wrong or, you know, you may need more guidance in a certain area, but I'm not a therapist. So, I mean, if you need therapy, I'm going to, you know, send you on to a therapist. But but there this, this is less about that, and it's more about preparing people for the fact of marriage. And I think yeah. that that I know I didn't realize until after I got married is that I've been married twice. Once I got married in a courthouse, and once I had a big wedding. And both times, though, something very significant happened. Whether it was the first time was kind of informal. It's like, hey. You know, let's just let's just do this and not make a big deal out of it. And the second time was a big deal. But both times we both changed the second we said, I do. There's something about that moment of saying I do, you know, no matter what your vows are, no matter how they're written, you've taken on one of the biggest commitments you and your partner have taken on one of the biggest commitments you're ever going to take on. Absolutely. Right. Taking on commitment changes people. And it's sort of like this. Uh, there's this irony to it. You fall in love with someone and they're your hope and dream and everything you want for. And when you're in their presence, you they see you and you feel like someone more than you even imagine yourself to be and vice versa. I mean, it's like this intense, you're focused on each other, energy, energy. And then when you get married, like at the second you get married, you both change. And it's almost like the rug is pulled out from under you. Even though you're this kind of the same people, you're kind of not. Absolutely. Both because of that commitment, as well as how your community may see you as well. So I have a ton of couples that are like, yeah, we've been together forever. Yeah, we're going to get married. It's I don't see anything changing. And I say, maybe, but don't be so sure. I know uh, a lot of people when they get married, their friend circle changes. Um, You know, there are all kinds of tell us about some of the changes that happen that you would never expect or that you, that you might not think of might be a better way to put it uh, after you get married? I, I just, sometimes I, I think there is just that consideration of what that commitment is. That, you know, there is a slight shift, you know, in a connection between a couple. Mm-hmm. Or again, as I already said, like how family members or close friends see the couple to say, ah, you know, they were a great couple before, but, you know, now they've taken this next step to be more committed. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to answer this question just because I usually work with premarital couples. Oh, so let me, let's try it this way. <clears throat> when you do the premarital work, what are the kinds of things you're preparing them for? I'm really preparing them for whatever may come ahead. So making sure that they have whatever tools that they need to, to discuss anything that may come up. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, anything that we know that may come up that we can talk about now saying, hey, what are your views on, um, you know, parenting and mm-hmm. child raising if you guys want to have children together? Mm-hmm. You no, know, hey, yes. what is what is spirituality or religion look like? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, if couples really, you know, have strong faith, they're probably not going to come to me anyway. You know, you know they will go to their house of worship and, and speak 
to probably a clergy member that they know or don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, just making sure that their relationship is strong in, in all areas now and then giving them the tools that they need to kind of just have stored away that they, you know, they may need to jump in on down the road. Got it. So basically you offer a program that helps them to consider the future, also helps them to look at um, what are some of their key values and beliefs and yep. where they might be divergent even. Yeah, and where it's okay to say, hi, you guys are very different in spectrum of you know what you you know of what you you know either want or need is that okay mm -hmm. because usually some of the last things we discuss are you know things that have to happen in the relationship and things that cannot happen under any circumstance but so let's go that super important yeah yeah super we important you know i work primarily with uh with two groups with couples who are kicking each other's butts all the time or um, people who are divorcing someone they feel is very toxic. And in both cases, what's usually what's happened there is uh, either their values are not in sync or there is a complete divergence of values. Or usually with the toxic personality, there are values claimed on the other side that actually aren't present. Yep, uh, yep. But you know, with the couples in particular, it's really interesting. Uh, when we really dig, it isn't so much that they have different values. If like I give them a values, an online values test. And what happens is their top 10 values are almost exactly the same, but they're usually prioritized differently. And so a lot of the conflict is, has to do with prioritization of values. But once they see you know, that in a test that's administered by a separate organization and has no investment in the outcome of their counseling, that their values line up and that they're just prioritized differently, they have like this aha moment. And so it's so important that they have that discussion in advance with someone like yourself. Yeah, that's that's super smart. I mean, I have it's one of the first assignments that I have my couples do is create together uh, their list of values. And then once they have that solidified, similarly, it's like, hey, which of these do you spearhead and which does your partner spearhead? You know, you know, in terms of weight, mm -hmm. how important is one versus the other? Or are you just happy to do it because he or she wants you to? Yeah, I love that. And, you know, typically um, couples that I have who are in conflict, they may have not completely overlapping interests. And that's usually not such a big deal, you know, as long as they're willing to honor each other's interests and have time together. But that values piece, really, really important. Yep, totally, totally. And it's always very funny because there's usually, you know, three or four tasks that I have my premarital counseling couples do, which will then help them write their vows when we get to the ceremony piece, if, especially if I'm officiating their wedding. Hey, I'm really curious about something. Um, how do you create the ceremony together? So um, I'm a big questionnaire fan. So there are some questions that usually s spark a lot of, uh, you know, just some deeper reflection about what the relationship is, what's important to the relationship. Um, telling their story is always really helpful just to hear. And then there are some things that I ask and that couples say, 
oh, I'll tell you this, but um, this can't wind up in the ceremony in any way. Uh -huh. uh, so it's usually getting uh, some information from them. I'm a really great note taker. So even when I just meet with couples for the first time, I take notes. And, you know, of course, if they decide to work, you know, to work with me, move forward with me, then I'm able to kind of go back on all of the series of notes that I've taken, plus anything that they've shared with me. And then I use that to start creating their ceremony. And then usually I do a nice draft for them just so we have something to start with and something to review. And then they, um, and then they read it and give me some feedback. And sometimes couples really take a deep dive with me. We have a shared document um, and we're all writing. And sometimes uh, couples just give me some notes here and there and, and, you know, set me to task with either updating or, you know, changing some things here and there. So, you know, my wife is an officiant, uh, but she's not an officiant like you. She's actually just became an officiant. I don't know why <laughs> she became an officiant. I, I think she, I, somebody asked her to marry them. And so she became an officiant to do that. But she doesn't do any of that, of course. Like they, she, they just asked her to do it and she just showed up, you know. Um, so I, but I love the idea of someone whose heart is really in this work sitting down with the couple and really helping them to craft their vows and craft their experience together. Yeah, because the ceremony can really be whatever we want it to be. If you were getting married again in a house of worship, it's a standard wedding ceremony. Mm -hmm. You don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. A lot of times when I have couples that say, you know, hey, we really don't want a church wedding or, you know, we don't really want to get married in a synagogue, especially if we don't share the same religion or faith right. or we don't want any religion in it at all because right. we're not practicing right now. So I usually then I say, well, awesome, because we have a lot of, you know, we have a lot of space to do whatever we want, but that could be overwhelming too. Cause then it's kind of like, well, then what do we do? Like, what is a ceremony if we don't have anything that we you know, truly have to do? There are two legal things that have to be done in a ceremony, but other than that, it's, you know, it's pretty open. So what's the most out there some ceremony you've ever created? Out there ceremony. Um, People oh, love a good story. I know, I know. And it's funny. <laughs> I was like, what is popping up for me? Um, or alternatively, you know, what was the most meaningful ceremony? Whatever, whatever rings your bell. Um, actually, it was um, one of my first same-sex weddings. Uh, it was uh, two women who were living in Louisiana. One of your first what, what weddings? Um, Same-sex yes, weddings. I thought you said SpaceX. And I thought, oh, that would really be out there. All right. Yes, so, it would be not, out there. We're in New York, not so um, out there. No, indeed. Um, so yeah, the two women that uh, were living in Louisiana. And uh, at that time, uh, it wasn't legal to, uh, for, for uh, same-sex couples to be married nationwide, but it was in New York. So they came, uh, you know, up here to New York, and they got married uh, in uh, at Stonewall, which mm -hmm. is the bar that is, you know, very well known for, you know, the 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 riots that went on, and uh, it was in the middle of the afternoon, and it was just such a moving ceremony. It was them and two of their friends, and you know, we used this, uh, you know, the second floor of this bar. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and it was just such a moving, moving experience in a way that I wouldn't have expected it to be just because it was so meaningful to these two women. Sweet. Um, and to the friends that they brought with them, especially where, you know, they weren't allowed to do what they did where they came from, yeah. you know, where they lived. And to be able to travel here to such a momentous, you know, to, to really such a, um, a, an important location, you know, in, in, you know, in gay society to be able to do it in, in that space was very, very meaningful. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think if there was any other, I mean, no, I'm sure there was, but. That's pretty um, good. That's pretty, yeah. pretty, you know, uh, like cutting new ground experience. I really love it. Actually, yeah. I, you know what I love? One of my favorite parts about that story, besides all that, was that it was on the second floor of a bar. And, and that, but because that bar had meaning for them, um, and actually so many things can happen in a bar besides what we think when we think bar. So that's, it's, it's a great, great story. Awesome. Uh, so how can people find you? Um, my website is probably the easiest way to find me. Uh, it's uh, www.perfectunionny.com. Terrific. And tell us more about this workshop that you have coming up. So occasionally I do work with groups of couples. Uh, most of the couples that come to me for premarital counseling, we usually work individually because sometimes it's more of a private thing and couples don't really wanna share with other couples. Uh, but it's, it was a request that I got a few years ago to be able to do something a little bit more accelerated because usually couples work for five weeks with me or five sessions with me. Uh -huh. um, so um, we, I, I do uh, two five-hour sessions over the course of two Sundays. Wow. With, very with It's very intense. Um, four couples together. Uh, and it really offers uh, some nice camaraderie of couples that are doing the same thing at about the same time. Because I do have couples that usually say, hey, you know, what is everybody else doing? Like, hey, we're trying to, we're trying to make a decision about, you know, you know, how we do this, especially around finances. Like that's a huge one saying, you know, do we merge our money? Do we not merge our money? How do we, you know, how do we look at joint accounts? Uh, and again, like I'm not a financial planner, so I'm not going to be as specific as they probably want to in that moment. But at least a lot of couples you know, are like, you really don't want a financial planner for that. You really want a, a matrimonial attorney for that because they know the implications of merging the funds. The mm, financial planner smart. might tell you what's best to in terms of investment, but a matrimonial attorney is going to tell them what the impact is going to be of not merging or merging. And actually, that might be a great partner for you next, like in a year, you know, is to, yeah, is to yeah. bring in someone like that. And yeah. I know some, if you're interested, I'm happy to introduce you. I have, I have, because I always, in terms of like prenups and postnups, I always. Actually, one of the pieces I want to do is um, I have a friend and partner who, who is big on the idea of the romantic prenup, which to me sounds like a contradiction, but. I think it, you know, it, it, if you really think about it, it can actually, if people, the safer people feel moving into the commitment, um, the more romance, right? Like you can't have intimacy without trust. And if you're feeling insecure about your money for whatever reason, then trust is down here and not up there. And yeah. 
If it's down here, then you have lower intimacy and lower romance. So when you really, when you think it through, it makes sense. Oh, totally, totally. Uh, but yeah, so a lot of times couples either say like, hey, you know, what is everybody else doing? So then I usually take some time and say, this is what I see. But again, you're your own, you, you know, you're, you're your own couple and you have to make the decisions that are yeah. best for you. But the power of having three other couples in the room as we're talking about it or talking about any of these things is just to hear another, you know, another side of things. Mm -hmm. you know, even when we're talking about values. It's like, you know, listening to what one couple may share and another couple's like, oh, we didn't even think of that. Like, mm -hmm. we're gonna beg, steal and borrow. We're gonna take that and put that on our own list. So there's something that's really powerful about having a, a small group of couples together that are experiencing the same thing at about the same time. I like that you're limiting it to four couples. You know, eight people is plenty. Uh, it's like anything over 12, it starts to have a life of its own. Yeah, um, but it seems like it's still pretty intimate with a, a small group. And are there any openings? There are. There are openings. I have two openings remaining right now for the workshop that's at the end of October. It's um, Halloween. It's on the 31st and then the following uh, Sunday as well. Great. I'm just thinking about what's the date today. This podcast should hopefully be released before then. So this will be a big plug. We'll, get, we'll make sure we get that information out there for you. But if, awesome. you're, if you're listening to the video blog, it's probably going to come out after that date. So when is the next one probably going to be in a year or six months? Um, usually I do it once a quarter, really kind oh, of depending right. on. Awesome. That's what people really need to know. So if you're listening to this in two years, they're still going to be happening. Indeed. All right. Um, any, any other contact information, anything else we need to know regarding that? I really want to make sure that you're supported in this incredibly important mission you're on. Um, all on social media, all of my handles are at Perfect Union NY. Good branding. Um, thank you. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I'm more of an Instagrammer. Um, uh, yeah, not so much TikTok, but I don't know. That may change as my comments. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. I've, I've heard that um, the content on TikTok is becoming more mature, we're just going to say, every week. Yeah, I know. I just, yeah, I may need a younger person to guide me for a moment. I, <laughs> so I, if, if, the, if that's you, reach out to me, please. I, I, I know what you're saying. I really do. Uh, so the last question I ask everyone on the show is, Hope, what is the legacy you'd like to leave behind? I think I really would love, especially for couples uh, to be aware of their connection and then the, the, the moments that they've, they've spent those, you know, together in a meaningful way, especially like taking time, you know, for quiet or to breathe together. Mm even just really small, quiet moments. Because I, I really do think that's most of the time what couples uh, remember the most, uh, rather than, you know, big momentous events. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the times that I like, especially working with couples right before their wedding, um, you know, is taking a moment to either meditate together um, or I'm a big essential oil fan mm -hmm. that, you know, we're using aromatherapy together, mm -hmm. just taking a, a moment 
to find their presence, to be in the moment for, you know, either for a premarital counseling session or, you know, a wedding, or I'm also, I do a yoga practice for weddings as well. So also, again, taking that, that time to, to breathe. Got it. Well, thank you so much for appearing on the show and for taking the time to get to know me and vice versa. I really enjoyed this, really enjoyed you. Awesome. Thank and you. Maybe we can do this again sometime. Sounds great. Let's do it. All right.